0: Blue Wire. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to an emergency edition of the Rebuild. I'm Henry. A F- good F- emergency. <laughs> a good emergency podcast. Yes, joined by Jordan Climac. That's who was just chiming in there. Uh, Jordan, we are recording our first emergency pod as a duo because. In the middle of the day today, Jadavion Clowney decided to finally sign with the Cleveland Browns, of course, on on the one day that's usually difficult for us to record, but it's fine. We're making it work. Jordan's got the Indians game going on in the background at the same time, Jordan, because Jadavion Clowney signs one year, $8 million base salary, up to $10 million in incentives. What were your initial thoughts when you saw this deal, Jordan?
1: Man. Well, my initial thoughts were immediately like, okay, here comes, here comes me trying to convince myself to like fall in love with this move. And of course I did uh, end up falling in love with this move, but yeah, kind of just my initial reaction was like insurance. Uh, we talked about, you know, how uh tech McKinley is going to play into this. Obviously you got a uh, clowny. Now he's still going to draft someone at the edge. These are all the questions that immediately started popping into my mind. And, but like Henry, a uh, first overall pick, two first overall picks on your defensive line and talk about Malik Jackson, who's a guy who gets lost in the, in the, you know, the thick of things when you talk about the John Johnson's and now the J- Jadavian Clowney, but Malik Jackson was a, a heck of a signing as well. And you got Sheldon Richardson, who it sounds like might restructure his contract with this deal in there to help the Browns out. That's a, uh, so something we heard from Jake Trotter today. So like, there's a lot that immediately popped into my mind, but it was all good. Like I wasn't disappointed or anything, Henry. We talked about one year, somewhere in that seven to $10 million range and ended up being one year, 8 million. I think that's perfect deal moving forward. Like all good things, all good things. I'm ready for this season to start. Like, come on. I want to play a game on Sunday. Yeah. And I think I was,
0: it, it's funny that you, you say that because I felt like I was a little bit lower on, on the idea of adding Clowney to this team initially when, when the Browns were linked to him. But ultimately the more I thought about this deal today, I, I like it for the Browns. One year, $8 million deal. And the reason I like it is because, number one, I think Jadavion Clowney is still a good player. And you mentioned it. Now, he obviously comes in with the the pedigree of the number one overall pick. And maybe he hasn't been quite that in his career. But what he still is, is a good run stopper at the defensive end position. A guy who can create mismatches on the field. He's been double teamed a ton the last couple of years. That's not going to happen on this team. And he can win one-on-one and pass for a situation. So to me, one year, $8 million for that, for that, you know, potential is a very high upside deal with very little downside. So if you're the Browns, I don't see why you wouldn't do this. If the terms were
1: this, I'm in. So what were your thoughts on, like, did you think that he wanted to be here? Do you think it was a thing where he kind of realized maybe he doesn't have options elsewhere? Like, what was your take on that? Because I going into that, I was kind of under the impression, You know, I don't think he really wants to be here. I don't think he does. I think that the only reason that the Browns are even an, uh, an option to him is just because who else is offering him? But then he said today, Henry, that when he came on that first visit, what was it, like a week or two ago, something along those lines, he said right after that visit, he realized that week I'm signing with the Browns. So to me, like, we're all, we're all going crazy, like right? Like, oh, he's coming back for a second visit. Like, what does this mean? What does this mean? <laughs> well, it turns out it was basically just to take a physical, pass the physical, and he signed today.
0: Yeah. I, look, does, does he want to be here? The, I think the things for thing for Browns fans is he said what drew him to the Browns is the fact that they win. And that was one of his initial quotes that came out today. That's encouraging. I think based on the history with Clowney that he definitely has prioritized money in the past. That doesn't mean he necessarily was doing that this time, but if those options weren't out there for the long-term money that he was looking for a two, three year deal, it makes sense to go to a team like Cleveland where one year, eight million is not bad. You get on the market next year. If you're him and ideally you're going to be in a good situation opposite Miles Garrett. And you're going to be ideally in this playoff spotlight. And the combination of those two things could lead to a good free agency for him next year. So whether or not he wanted to be here, I think ultimately it makes sense for him to be here from his perspective. So hopefully that means you're getting the best version of him attitude wise and all of those things as well. In addition to, to on the field wise, which I, you know, obviously there are health concerns and all of those things, but as you said, Mm -hmm. It's not like this is a three-year deal. He's insurance. The Browns clearly like Tack McKinley. I think they're still going to get somebody in the draft as well. So he's another option here. And I think he's an option with tremendous upside. That's, that's the thing I keep going back to. And if you look at the way he's, you know, he played, he still creates lots of mismatches. Something that, that Jake Burns pointed out on Twitter is he's really good, in, especially in third-down situations, as an inside pass rusher. Which is a yeah. would make a great fit for the Browns because they're going to want to get tack McKinley, a guy, especially who's a speed rusher, really doesn't defend the run all that well. He's going to be perfect to be on, on the outside in third down situations. And so Clowney then could potentially slide inside, create all sorts of havoc in those mismatches as well. So I, I he just why, you know, schematically, he's a fit. And I think from his point of view, it's also going to be a fit. So everything kind of lines up. And that's why, despite. You know me being a little bit worried that this was going to come with a price tag i didn't like or with you know maybe uh, you know uh, adding something to the locker room that i didn't like to me this all makes sense the way it shook out
1: yeah and you know sometimes um just doing what we do henry um you and i people in our business just people involved in the media we tend to like dissect things more than we need to sometimes like really really read into something Sometimes you just need to simplify things like I'm just simplified this whole thing today and looked at it. Let me ask you the question. Did the the Browns get better today? Yes. I, I think unequivocally. Yes. Yes. Did the Browns defense get better? Yep. There you go. Like sometimes it's just that simple and on a deal that makes sense, I just think it's the right move to make. And I mean, look at the holes coming into this year on defense. Um, you no, the defensive line, the edge, you add Tack McKinley, you add Jadavion Clowney now. Linebacker, we add Anthony Walker. Still, we'll see what happens there. Secondary, you add uh, you add John Johnson, you add Troy Hill. We still have the draft. Like, Andrew Barry has done a pinpoint job of seeing what needs to be improved and doing that and doing it in a smart way. And another thing that I talked about, Henry, I trust Andrew Barry right now. And I, I think you're along the same way that I am probably more than like certainly more than any Browns GM or front office member in probably in my lifetime, but even in like Cleveland sports, like I look at the sports as a whole and it's like Andrew Barry, I can't remember trusting someone as much as I trust him. And did David when he met with me to say, talked about how, relentless Andrew Barry wasn't pursuing him he was he like he talked about like he said the word relentless yeah he's relentless like he just every time I got with him it was I love your game I love how you can fit into our system I love what you're doing and then he said that I feel like Andrew Barry felt the relentlessness for me and wanting to be here as well so to hear that like I trust in Andrew Barry for anyone to question this move I think our guy knows what he's doing
0: I do too and just some other you know, some other things about Clowney and the reason why I think this makes so much sense because you're bringing it up, right? Barry's saying, I, I love how you would fit in our system. Well, what does Clowney mm-hmm. still do well? As I mentioned, he is great at, at pressuring on the interior still, and that fits perfectly in with what the Browns need to, to get some more pass rush inside. I think you saw that focus with the Malik Jackson signing, but Clowney provides another element of that, and he fits obviously alongside Tack McKinley and Miles Garrett in, in certain situations, like we just talked about. And in those first and second down situations, the Browns need to get better against the run. And Jadavion Clowney has, is ranked really highly in a lot of run metrics. I saw from Cody Sweck, uh, you know, this point saved run defense over the past four seasons. Clowney was 46th last year, pretty acceptable, especially given his durability concerns fourth the year before, 10th the year before, second the year before. He's always been underrated against the run. He gets pressure on the quarterback. I mean, he's not a perfect player. He's not. I'm not saying that. He's got durability questions. No doubt. There are certainly questions about his athleticism at this point and how well he can bend around the edge compared to his young career. However, I think those limitations are okay in in this Brown situation. So I think he, he he's a great fit from that perspective. And then Going back to what you said, you know, did the Browns get better? Yes. I think unequivocally. Yes. And then the, you know, the only other question to ask there is, and this is where I got some pushback on Twitter today is okay. But what, you know, what about the other side of things? Do we sacrifice anything in the future? And to me, there's also no future risk with this. It's a one year, $8 million mm-hmm. deal, and it's not going to mess with your cap situation going forward. I don't think it prevents the Browns from extending Denzel Ward, Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb, the other key players on this team. And w- would I rather have Jadavion Clowney at one year, $8 million, or you know all the deals that we saw the Browns link to earlier in the offseason, like Carl Lawson, three years, $45 million, Trey Hendrickson, four years, $60 million. Yeah, I'd rather have Here's Jadavion one
1: Clowney on this. Uh, so where do you come out on Clowney versus Watt? Obviously, I think that you and I think that J.J. Watt the a better player even at this stage in this age and kind of just how he can affect the game versus Clowney, but I don't think it's like a major, major difference. I
0: definitely think it, I if JJ Watt is healthy, I think there's a pretty clear. So that's difference the same in thing with Clowney, right?
1: No, I, that's no, also
0: got to be the question with Clowney. It, it's a question for both, but I would say if, if both players are healthy, I think JJ Watt clearly provides better production at this point in his mm-hmm. career. I over Jadavion Clowney. However, I think there's actually a greater chance that Clowney stays healthy for more games. And I, I look at the price tag difference. I, I mean, JJ Watt, I, I believe is a much better player, but he came in at two years, 32 million. This is one year, $8 million. As I said, the thing for me here is, the Browns are sitting on this cap space. Yes, there's rollover cap. Yes, there are extensions to be done. But ultimately there are plenty of mechanisms you mentioned the Sheldon Richardson restructure as one of them. There are several other on the roster still you know, we the reason receiver has talked about a lot in this draft is because there may be some receiver that, you know, with their cap situations might not be on the Browns next year. We've covered that ad nauseum with with Odell and Jarvis Landry. So there're plenty of other ways to extend those guys and now you're just you're sitting on a talented player that basically ultimately cost you nothing other than the eight million
1: dollars the owner has to pay out this year. Exactly. And we, we talked about like how the like, future ramification of this. And I think really the only issue I brought this up on a previous podcast, and it's not even really an issue. It's a good problem to have. Like if Tack McKinley balls out, has a good year, if Clowney has a good year. They're both on one year deals. And then you got to make the extensions for the young guys. So it's like, I, maybe this is only going to work for one year in terms of money. And like, that's fine. I'm cool. Like put all the chips in right now. But that's really the only issue I could possibly see moving forward. And again, like that's a, that's a good problem to have. It's a problem we haven't faced in 26 years.
0: For sure. And that is the, you know, to play devil's advocate, how could this deal go wrong? Clondy gets injured. Number one, and doesn't play a lot. I think is the clear number one way this can go wrong is it's basically $8 million down the tube. Again, I think at least in that case, it's not Trey Hendricks said 40 or $60 million and he's injured. It's one year. It's not the end of the world. Second thing is, is, is you said, this is not a long-term answer. This is not somebody we signed for four years. This is not somebody who's going to be a key cog in the machine long-term, but OK, like I, I don't I'm not sure I wanted one of those guys at the price tag. They came in at free agency. And so I think ultimately the way you get that guy long term opposite Garrett is, yeah, maybe it's a tack McKinley where if he balls out with the Browns, you extend, you know, you give him a new contract where, you know, he finally has found his home in the NFL. He's kind of a low risk guy that's a little bit younger. I think that would fit that mold And if Clowney plays well, OK, maybe it's another one year deal to come back to the Browns, but nothing major. And you just kick the can down the road a little bit more, but yeah, he's not a long-term piece. I agree with you there. That is not going to be what this deal is. But I didn't expect the Browns, you know, to necessarily do that. And I'm glad they didn't do that with this deal in Clowney. It's fine. It's one year. It's what a Super Bowl caliber team does to make upgrades around the margins when they're trying to compete.
1: And the other thing I wanted to mention too about this, and uh, I'm sure we'll dive into this more in the future as uh, we got to run here shortly, but. Uh, that I love this move because it free at 26 all of a sudden like Henry we've been we doing multiple podcasts now of like who could we mm-hmm. take at 26 is it this guy that guy like what are you what is your draft philosophy this changes everything completely for the Browns this changes who you're who you're looking at at 26 in my opinion this frees you up to just kind of not like we don't have to dress for fit now. And I think you can draft for who's there rather than fit. And I think that's a beautiful position to be in. I think that this move frees it up. I think really now we're looking at maybe a defensive back. I don't know uh, we'll see. We'll see there. I think that this re- opens up that uh, Zayvon Collins kind of conversation again, but again, it frees you up to not be pigeonholed at 26. And I love that as well.
0: It, it does free you up. And I would also say at the same time, it changes nothing for me. I, so it's like somewhere in the middle. So it frees you up exactly in the sense you're mm. talking about, right? That you don't have to take a D end. It's not a glaring need now, which is good. I would also say if the right D end is there, this also wouldn't impact my philosophy either in taking that guy, right? We talked about Phillips. We talked about Rousseau. If one of those guys is there, I take him anyway. Yeah. Because like we're talking about, we need a long-term piece, and and if that guy is there, perfect. But what I really think it does is also gives you the freedom to trade back. Is hey, if our ends yeah. aren't there, maybe we don't love one of these linebackers, and we trade back, we get more value, we get future twenty twenty two picks that then we can move at the deadline in case there's injuries to our team and we need to address a position. So I think this gives you more optionality, but I don't think it should change your philosophy as far as
1: drafting at the position. So what I mean is like so we so. Russo and Phillips the two guys we've looked at and actually I think yesterday uh Phillips just tested positive for COVID-19 so we'll see how that plays into things as well but like those are the two guys that we talked about on the last podcast of like who defensive end names that like maybe probably not going to be there but guys that we would like what I mean is like you don't if neither of those guys are there and I don't think either of us think that they will be now you don't have to stretch for a defensive end. You don't have to say, mm. "Hey, we still this is a, still a glaring need for us. We need to draft this position. Let's take a guy who maybe has mid to late second round talent, but we need him now, so we got to make sure we get him." This frees you up from that conversation, and that's why I think it truly is a beautiful thing. It
0: is. It is. I Jordan, as, as I was actually listening back to that podcast that we did earlier, and I was just sitting there. I was I was thinking to myself. I was like. I need to go back to my beginning of the, of this draft process philosophy where I was like, I really don't think the Browns are going to take a linebacker here. Maybe they will, but it just seems so Mm -hmm. anti their philosophy. And I was like, but the problem is I just don't, there's not a guy on the board that I'm, you know, if Ojalari is even there who you and I were both a little bit lower on, I've had conversations with a bunch of different Browns guys who are higher on him. So even if it's, you know, it's him or, or one of the other DNs and they're, they're great. But you know, odds are, if those guys are off the board, I'm like, I just don't know who else they're going to take. Maybe it's Merrick if he's there, but the linebacker seem to make the most sense. And now I'm like, oh, here's the obvious thing, is if that's, if that's not there, you trade back. And, and you if you don't want a linebacker, fine, trade back. And, and then you're good to go.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I really do think uh, like we talked to Jake Trotter today on this, and he was saying that he thinks that he says that he thinks that the Zayvon Collins thing started with momentum kind of started to die down a little bit and now it's going to start to pick up steam again because now you can look at it like hey we really like how he can fit in a, our, our scheme as a coverage linebacker and like now all of a sudden coverage at that linebacker position might be the most glaring need other than uh cornerback on that defense so again it's just really great to not have to think about edge anymore because you and I were both thinking like hey I don't Uh, Is this Davian Clowney thing? Is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I don't know. I was start. I really started to tell myself in my mind, like edge at twenty six, because that's what we need. And now you don't have to think about that. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I I think that sums it up very well. Is now
0: it's not a need. It's it's maybe a want. And and Jordan, it might even be.
1: It's not. Not only is it not a need, Henry, it's a strength now.
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think I would agree with that too. I'm feeling pretty good about our D line, even as yeah. is. I, I think this year, so defense is
1: looking a lot better on paper right now. A lot,
0: but they definitely need somebody in that opposite cornerback position, like you talked about, opposite Denzel Ward. But yeah, yeah, starting the pieces are certainly starting to line up for the Browns, and you can see that. You know, everybody's talking about that nationally as well. So, very exciting here jordan there there's going to be plenty more time to talk about the draft so i think we'll wrap this one up we just wanted to get in emergency pod on jadevion clowny plenty more to come on this feed i've got an episode with brad ward tomorrow talking about trading back in this draft potentially we'll probably talk about this clowny news as well now we're gonna jordan and i are gonna be back talking you know mega draft preview or whatever you know we need to do draft crushes uh plenty of content coming browns fans and they I will tease this. you got to listen to the next episode. A Coors Light opportunity as well for you to get a a six-pack paid for as part of our draft coverage. So plenty more content. Stay tuned this week. Jordan, I think we'll cut it here. And until next time, Browns fans, just two words for you. Go Browns!